This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to Emma White. She grew up in Duanesburg and is now in Colorado Springs training for the Tokyo Olympics. She started her journey as a competitive road and cyclocross cyclist, following her older brother, Curtis. After she and her teammates won the world championship in Berlin in 2020, they were primed for the Olympics, only to be gutted, delayed a year because of the pandemic. White and her teammates devote their days to rigorous training, followed by sauna sessions without water to get their bodies used to the discomfort they expect in Tokyo. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. Good to be here. Emma is a cyclist, and I thought we'd begin by just hearing a little about what got you on a bike in the first place. Just a little about your life growing up in Duanesburg and your family and how you became such a world-class competitor. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I grew up in Duanesburg, and um, I have four siblings, so one older brother and two younger sisters and and a youngest brother. So my older brother really got me into cycling. Um, He's only a year older and he started competing when he was 10. So my family would just go to the races together and I jumped on a kid's bike and kind of rolled around the races while he had his uh, competition. So it was very quickly, I I wanted to be able to compete too. Um, That was my competitive nature. I was first competing against him. And um, yeah, so we ended up just traveling all around New England every weekend my grandparents lived um, outside of Boston so we'd end up going there every weekend and there were a lot of races in Massachusetts and um, joined a team in that was based in Massachusetts it was actually a junior boys team when I was 16 and then from there I became professional at 18 so it was I really uh, owe it all to my family they've they've really um, supported this this idea when we were just kids and getting on bikes. Yeah, that's a lot. So the team that you were on as a girl was a junior boys team at 16? Yeah, what was that like? Were you the only girl on the team? I was the only girl on the team. And my brother had been on it for the two years before me. It's a two-year program. So it's only for 17 and 18-year-olds. So I joined um, when I was 16, race age 17. That's how that works. So um yeah, I was the only girl on the team and there were seven boys. There are eight of us total and um, they're still my best friends. I actually just, one of them just had a baby. Um, so I was just with him and his wife and his baby uh, this past weekend. So um, this, that was such an incredible experience, um, not only in cycling. I had a lot of support with cycling and um, getting to races and it was a really really took off my career but um it was also a really amazing experience as a person and it really grew me me um I think the the, everyone who's I was surrounded by in that team were such great role models and they're still my closest friends so I um that was some of the best years that I have had in the sport 
Wow, that's amazing. Because I was afraid being the only girl, you might be ostracized. But still, they instead they became your best friends. Yeah, they protected me. Like I had seven older brothers, and um, yeah, I certainly was anything but ostracized. They um, really took care of me, took me under their wing, and um, although we were the same age, they were a lot stronger than I was. So it was nice to train with, but um, we had a lot of a lot of fun. We went to training camps in Georgia and in the, on the Bahamas. And, uh, yeah, did, our director was really big in um, team building activities and off the bike activities and wanting to keep us all very close. And so we went deep sea fishing, we went paintballing and um, just so many fun things that sometimes when you're, this becomes your whole life, you forget to do those things that, you know, keep you close off the bike because it's the end of the day, you're with your teammates all the time. So you have to be able to, you know, really like them. Yeah. So tell us, because I didn't know until I was going to interview you. So I quickly tried to bone up about the different kinds of cycling. As I understand, you started out in cyclocross. Is that right? And just kind of tell us about how that's different than what you're doing now and how you made that transition. Yeah, of course. So I started off doing road and cyclocross at the same time. So road is, is a spring and summer sport. And that's kind of everyone knows that the Tour de France is. So that's that's like Tour de France style. Um, we do long races that are end up like 60 to 70 miles on the road. And um, within that, there are a couple different disciplines. There's time trialing you're all alone on the road. Um, there's big road races like, uh, long stage race time trials or uh, sorry, like uh, long, long 60 mile rides. And then there's criteriums, which are shorter races. And they're usually on a downtown circuit. So a lot of tech cornering and technical. So that's all under the road, um, category. And then there's cycle cross. Um, so that's in the fall and the winter and it's off the bike. It's uh, sorry, off the road. <laughs> Um, and you, there are, um, obstacles that you have to get off your bike and run through such as sand or stairs. And that one's a really fun, uh, that's just, uh, it's usually just about an hour race on a circuit in a park. Um, there's actually used to be one in Troy. Um, and yeah, so that one's, um, uh, usually more of a party. It's colder. There's like beer tents and a lot of spectators. <laughs> it's a really big sport in Belgium and Europe. Um, and then there's track cycling, which is what I'm doing now. And track cycling has also typically been a fall and winter sport, um, although it's indoors. So it's considered a summer sport in the Olympics. And that's on a velodrome. So it's an indoor slanted circuit and um, it's a very controlled space. And um, we do the team pursuit. So there are different events that you can do on the velodrome. And we do the team pursuit, which is four riders uh, racing against the clock. Um, and that we're all on the same team. So we're trying to work together to get the fastest time in 16 laps, which is four kilometers. So tell us what made you change from, I saw pictures of yourself smiling broadly, covered with mud when you were doing the cycle cross. What, what made you switch over to do the velodrome, the, you know, on the yeah. surface? Yeah. Um, 
Honestly, it was the Olympics. I was invited to a talent ID camp in um, 2018. And I went just to better my training and, you know, thought it, I had nothing to lose. And when I left that camp, um, they called me and told me that I had a really good chance of making the Olympic team if I had stuck with them. And that was just an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. I knew I would never forgive myself if I had turned down the opportunity to become an Olympian. So um, I love cyclocross and my brother still races it. And it's a very you know small, tight knit community where I know I've got a lot of support there. But um, yeah, I, I just wanted to be an Olympian and uh, it worked out. So I'm happy that I did. Yeah, congratulations. So tell us a little about your teammates. I guess you must become very close with your current teammates now, the other women that you're practicing with, I assume, every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so our event, the Team Pursuit, we really need to practice with each other every day. So I'm currently living on campus at the Olympic Training Center um, with one of my teammates. And um, yeah, so two of the, my teammates, actually, Jennifer Valente and Chloe Digert, have already been to the Olympics. They went in Rio, where they received a silver medal. So we want to perfect that. So there are three new, uh, the three of us, uh, myself, Lily Williams and Megan Jostrap have just uh, entered like the last three years. We're new to the sport in the last three years. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot of knowledge to gain and um, it's very exciting for all of us. But we are we're really tight off on and off the bike. We do a lot of things together. So can you describe for us what a typical day is like in the training center? Like, just kind of walk us through what that looks like. Yeah, of course. Um, certainly now it's just like ramping up. We, it seems like we've got no free time. Um, usually we've got two workouts a day and um, that can be either two days at the track. We've got the velodrome right down the road. Um, so a double day at the track would look like um, we wake up and get breakfast here um, in the cafeteria and then go to the track from 9 to 11.30, come back, eat some lunch, and then go back to the track um, at 2.30 to 5. So that's a pretty long day, and those are hard workouts. Um, uh, and we usually do team team events uh, when, you know, we'll do some workouts change on the daily, but a lot of times we do like similar to race simulations. We all are riding together and taking turns on the front. And, um, but then there's also a gym here, um, on campus. So we also do a lot of strength and conditioning work at the gym, um, two to three times a week. So for example, today I rode on the road this morning for two hours, just in around the roads of Colorado Springs. And then I've got gym at 3 PM. So, um, and now we're incorporating a lot of heat training because it's going to be pretty hot in Tokyo. So there's a sauna also on campus that we have to be in after our workouts, um, to just heat acclimate. So we're doing a lot of things to kind wow, of... Wow, isn't that interesting? Anticipating the heat and humidity in Tokyo, you go into a sauna just to get your body used to it? Do you do workouts in there or you just kind of absorb the atmosphere? 
Yeah. So we, yeah, we don't work out in there. Usually we go in right after our event, our training event. So yesterday, for example, we had a three hour ride with intervals. And right after we got back, we had to jump in the sauna and we're not allowed to drink. We're not allowed to hydrate or anything. We have to get our body used to that discomfort. Um, and then of course, then we fuel up afterwards because we don't want um, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little bit of torture getting ready for this. Yeah, it's been a lot of a lot of pain for sure. Yeah, but you're still just smiling so broadly. I wish people could see you. Um, I mean, I worry about the psychological pressure. I, I read about after how in the 2019 World Championships, right after that, one of your teammates ended up killing herself. And I don't know if Kelly, Caitlin's death was related to the kind of pressure you're under, but I mean, how did you deal with that? How, how, what was that um, like? Kelly was a really close friend, actually. We traveled, she was on my road team as well. And she was through like all the beginning of my track um, career. So yeah, that was very hard. She was um, a very driven athlete and student. She was a full-time student at Stanford and um, very, very smart, put a lot of pressure on herself. So, yeah, it's easy to do. And um, at the end of the day, we don't really know what, you know, what caused her to, um, you know, end up taking her life. But, um, yeah, I think... We, she had been in a couple crashes that year, ended up getting a concussion and breaking her arm. So I think there was a lot of things that she couldn't do in the way that she was used to doing. Um, and if you knew Kelly, that uh, certainly would have frustrated her a lot. She was a very, very driven uh, person. But yeah, the team takes that very seriously, certainly, because that all hit close to home. So we're, we are working with sports psych, um, regularly, regularly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we've got a pretty, our coach is really wonderful. He's a very, <clears throat> really in tune to where we all are at mentally and, um, certainly gives us what we need based on that. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of pressure, especially right now before the games. Um, seems like there's just a lot, you know, a lot going on. But uh, we do, we've got a really nice support system within the team and our staff and um, certainly try to look out for each other. Tell us about your coach. Is that Gary Sutton or is that someone else? Yeah. So yeah tell, us, tell us a little about him, what, what he's like and... Yeah, so he actually just started working with us after the Rio Olympics. He was previously working with the Australian team, which is one of our top competitors. Um, <laughs> and, he, and and his wife moved here from Australia. And um, he is, he, is, is he Australian? Yeah. Oh, yeah, gosh. He um, and he's truly why I've been able, why I started riding track and why I've stuck with it because he is such an amazing person and it's so hard to explain. Like he's just so wholeheartedly committed to each and every one of us. Um, our successes on and off the bike. I feel like if ever I have a problem, um, with training or, you know, I was in school a couple years ago or family stuff. Um, he's always a ear to listen. And 
That's, um, that's pretty unique coming from a coach. Uh, I think a lot of times different coaching styles, uh, work differently for different athletes. And sometimes you need that pressure that, you know, wall up that like non-personal, um, side of things. But for me, I really need that personal connection where I'm like, if something's going on at home or, and it's affecting my training, I need to be able to talk about it. So, um, he's been invaluable to our program. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of coach you want to have. So you mentioned when you were in school, I think you went to Union College. Is that right? And just tell us a little about yourself, if there is any of it left outside of bicycling. I mean, what is it um, that you studied at Union and what in the long term, other than your athletic um, endeavors, do you hope to be doing going forward? Um, I studied computer science. I did a um, computer science and a an science medicine and technology in culture. Uh, that was an interdepartmental major. So I um, loved Union College. I loved the freedom and the flexibility of being a liberal arts school and um, having all of these different options to kind of create the perfect major for exactly what I wanted. And um, the professors were so great and so supportive of cycling that um, I just had a lot of a lot of help from them. So I haven't been able to really explore what I want to do outside of cycling because um, I graduated in the winter of 2019 and it was supposed to be seven months later at uh, the Olympics. Yeah. So it was all going to work out to plan. I was going to just finish school, have seven months to prepare for the Olympics and then figure out what I wanted. And of course, then COVID happened and um, I had to kind of postpone everything um, one year. So because of the Olympics. So now I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing what what's out there for me after the Olympics. But I've really wanted to get through this summer before I um, can kind of give myself to anything. Your whole heart and brain. But just to back up, what a fascinating field of study you put together. Science, medicine, technology in culture. Is that what the yeah so just kind of unwrap that for us that seems to have so many important threads for our modern society what 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 drove you to put that together that way yeah well actually so that's a program that union has okay it's um so i before i went to college i had no idea what i wanted to study and i thought i wanted to do something um having to do with medical technology um, I was like, I don't, I want to do something and like, yeah, I didn't know. I really had no idea. So I thought I would go in for biology. Um, and I never did take a biology class at union, <laughs> but once I found out about this program, science, medicine, technology, and culture, um, I realized you could pair that with any other major you wanted to, and you can kind of make the, you know, whatever you want it to be. Um, And uh, so I was going to do that with biology, but then I took an intro to computer science class and I realized that's how my brain works. And it just clicked. I felt like I was doing puzzles every day and I really loved doing computer science. And I also really loved the computer science department at Union. They were so supportive and very, uh, I mean, even still, they reach out to me all the time, congratulating me or, um, you know, keeping up with my life. So Um, 
yeah, so I'm, I don't really know, what, you know, what, what that'll bring me and I want to be able to figure it out, but yeah, I've, I'm hoping it'll get me somewhere. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it will. There are just so many possibilities where you could go with that. But tell us now, you mentioned, and it was the pandemic, I know, was hard on everybody. All of our lives were suspended, but it must have been particularly difficult to be poised, to be an Olympian and have done, you know, the world championship and won and just ready to take off probably at your physical peak and then have that slammed shut, that door just slammed shut. Just tell us a little about what, you know, this last year of, (laughs) I mean, it wasn't even clear that it was going to happen this year. What was that like for you and your teammates having to just kind of be in suspended animation? Absolutely. It was hard. And I don't like to, you know, compare it to what some other people might have gone through in the last year, because like everything worked out, you know, we're we're ending up racing this summer. But yeah, it was a different kind of um, it was something I've never experienced before, because we going into the world championships in February of 2020, I wasn't really certain that we could pull off the win. Like I didn't know where we were. My coach was pretty confident. And so for that, I was like, okay, if he's confident. Um, But I didn't know until after we had gotten through for the first two rounds of our um, team pursuit, there there are three rounds in the team pursuit. And we ended up lining up for the final, for the gold medal round. And I was like, wow, we can really do this. Um, and after we won the gold medal in Berlin at the world championships, then it was like, Oh my goodness, we can be Olympians, not only be Olympians, but gold medalists in Tokyo. So we were definitely on this like high, um, coming home from Berlin. We were like, wow, I can't wait to get back to Colorado Springs and train and even better what we just did and um go for the gold and then that's really when it all started kind of crumbling down the training center started to shut down uh, our training facilities and we were just waiting for the email there had been a couple rumors about tokyo being canceled and we were we were assured not to listen to any of them until we got the final announcement um and then we did we got the email about postponement and it was very frustrating. I think we were, our first reaction was just completely gutted because I think we all, uh, we didn't believe we could hold on to that level of fitness for a year and that level of motivation. I think what we do is so hard and especially in a Olympic year, I mean, you're eating, sleeping and breathing, thinking about the Olympics and it's exhausting. I imagine. <laughs> um, and not to mention selections, you know, there are, we have a group of eight people that will be whittled down to five and everybody's trying to be their best. We're competing against our teammates and it's hard. Um, so yeah, it was first, we were really disappointed. And then, um, after a couple of days and our coaches motivation and optimism, we realized we have a really young team. And uh, like I mentioned, three out of the five of us are fairly new. Um, so then we were like, oh, what can, if, if we got this far in two years, what can another year do to us? And so then we started to kind of rebuild that motivation. And, um, and 
all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks, the time has started to fly. Like we had elections at the beginning of June and now we're like full speed ahead now that we know that they're happening. Um, and that was another thing. Like I just, it was really difficult to think about if they were canceled because we've worked for now five years <laughs> since the last Olympics. And um, if they had been canceled, it would have been really upsetting. But I think I can confidently say now that they're going ahead. And um, that's all I cared about is that they're just going ahead. So July 23rd is coming soon. What what are you anticipating it will be like in Tokyo? As I understand it, there aren't going to be out, you know, spectators allowed like your family is not able to come is that right yeah yeah my family is not able to come but um nbc is actually flying uh families down to orlando um for a watch party so that's really special a nice way to kind of give back what they you know they can't since they can't see us race in tokyo they're gonna go and um have a nice time in orlando Um, But yeah, so we go to L.A. actually the week before we go to Tokyo um, on the 17th, July 17th from to the 25th. So we actually don't go to Tokyo until the 25th um, because our event isn't until August 2nd and 3rd. So, yeah, very quick. They only allow us to get in seven days before our event and then we've got to leave uh, immediately after our event because of restrictions um, we're going to be tested twice a day and in the airport and, um, it's going to be pretty strict. We've got a village, a, um, a satellite village outside of the main village. So, um, it'll be a little bit of a different experience for sure, but, um, I don't have anything to compare it to, so I'm sure it'll be special either way. Yeah. Well, you've been in international competition before, and this is just like that on steroids, I would imagine. Yeah, um, exactly. Being part of athletes from around the world, the best of the best. Well, I cannot thank you enough for taking a half an hour out of your incredibly busy schedule. And I know our local listeners will be glued <laughs> to their televisions come August 2nd and 3rd. As I understand it, your mom who teaches at Linwood, the whole Linwood Elementary community is just ready yeah. to root. So It's so special. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all the support I'm getting from all over the world. And especially, it just means so much more when it comes from my home. So um, thank you so much. 